I'm in Orlando, Florida. I'm giving a talk tomorrow to a group of software developers. And I'm not far from the airport. Maybe you can hear the airplane passing overhead. And I've gone on a little walk in this remarkably sort of tropical environment. I, I see the moss growing, hanging from the trees and, and what looks like almost like a swamp over to my right. And I came out for a walk to think about the next episode that you're going to be listening to, which is the power of purpose and the power of self-honesty. And what I'm reflecting on is a, is a conversation I had with my uncle, my Uncle Kay, a wonderful man. He's 87 years old and my mother's uh, eldest brother. And a year ago, he was about to undertake a life-threatening surgery on his carotid arteries, arteries that take the blood from your heart up to your brain. They were blocked, and they needed to unblock them. Um, and it's a quite a dangerous surgery. There, there are many instances of people experiencing stroke and even dying. So we had a conversation the day before, which I recorded. We end up speaking for about two hours. And in that conversation, I asked him, Uncle Kay, what in all your years, uh, what do you think is required to be a good man? And by good man, by extension, of course, a good person. And his answer was really quite simple and straightforward. And he said, to be a good man means to be in the pursuit of self-honesty. And when you pursue self-honesty, he feels that it's the most difficult honesty to obtain. He says, easier to be honest with another person, much more difficult to be honest with oneself. But the consequence of that pursuit is that it creates humility. And he and I agreed that the source of all creativity is often found in humility. Because humility is the courage and the strength to say, I don't know because nothing interesting begins with knowing. It almost always begins with not knowing. You can never expand yourself from a position of knowing. You only expand yourself from a position of not knowing. And the root to that is the pursuit of self-honesty. And the challenge of self-honesty is it requires you to doubt maybe the things that you always assumed to be true before. Many of those things you might have inherited, many of those things you might have actually identified with. So to doubt them is to doubt yourself. Hence the challenge of being self-honest and then expressing that self-honesty in action towards yourself, towards other people, and towards the world. So I hope you enjoy this next episode. Well, I'm still heading left, just past Yellowstone National Park via New York and Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, Wyoming, and now Montana. It's taken longer than expected to get halfway from the upper right to the upper left corners of this country, since my path is, when possible, really not quite a path. The consequences have been emergent images, moments, and conversations. There's a little town in the middle of Iowa called Storm Lake, which is, of course, on Storm Lake. It's surrounded by hundreds of miles of cornfields. The first settlers arrived in 1856, and its name, according to one account, is born out of the loss of deep love. 
a Sioux maiden was forbidden by her chief to marry her beloved from another tribe. The two young loves attempted to elope and headed out across the lake in a canoe to freedom on the other side. They chose adventure, but a storm upset the boat and the two were drowned, which is a real possibility in any adventure, including my own. The saddened chief cursed the waters as the cause of his sorrow and in his grief christened the waters Storm Lake. I arrived late into Storm Lake, so I went for a run in the warm summer's evening, as is my habit when traveling, as it clears my mind and adjusts my body to the local time and offers opportunity to explore the local environs. Whenever I run when traveling, I often set off without a direction in mind, brownie in motion and spandex in a way. On this particular run, brownie in motion took me into a small woodland park. In doing so, I suddenly found myself moving through a symphony of fireflies on the lake shore, like wading through physical light, completely unexpected, seemingly impossible. In addition to such emergent wonderment and beauty, there have also been realizations, which for me are the true value of any adventure. Early the next morning before driving to my next destination, which turned out to be the Badlands of South Dakota, I was speaking with a young local woman working at a cafe, which, because of COVID, was only serving coffee via a drive through window. Though early, it was already getting really quite hot. We spoke for 10 minutes through this open window. I asked her what it was like to live there. She said that she loved it and had arrived from California only a few years previously when her husband landed a job in the local meatpacking factory, where I'm told nearly everyone else in this town also works. Since arriving, she's felt a strong sense of community, acceptance, seen, not a ghost. Her family, ultimately like all of ours, hails from somewhere else. So maybe it has something to do with the fact that there are 16 different languages spoken in that local school. Yes, 16 in a small town in the middle of Iowa. Surprising, no? But only surprising if you assume it to be so. When we experience surprise, usually, if not always, it tells you something more about your assumptions of the world than it does about the world itself. Her expression is consistent with my own experience. Over and over, I continue to see the brain's deepest need surface, in this instance, in my travels across the U.S. Whether in a red state or a blue state, a farmer, a banker, a waitress, or myself, it's common to all of us. The need to exist. Whether that existence is to a lover, a parent, a community, a pet, or ultimately to oneself, our cells need more than ATP, in other words, energy and oxygen to survive. Our cells need a reason. Without a reason, our cells stop functioning properly. Just pause and reflect on that impossibility for a moment, that cells should need a reason. Even more remarkable is that the reason is almost always found within the meaning of another set of cells wrapped within the context of another body impossible really when you think about it and yet so essential this is what i mean by finding the impossible within the everyday that creates awe and wonder which when experienced will have dramatic consequence for our perceptions of self in the world which the lava misfits has measured in the brain in fact you can go watch my ted talk with cirque du soleil where we measure and describe the effects of awe and wonder on your perception and behavior in your brain a further realization occurred the following day, looking over the sunset that turned the moon-like landscape of the Badlands red. I was reflecting on my first I was reflecting on my first episode that started this trip. In particular, its feeling of upbeatness, its implicit motivational tone, and yet the actual reality was and is different. 
so much more humbling, really. In times of uncertainty, one can be deluged by motivational speech, the encouragement to just choose optimism, sentimental statements like, we're all in this together. Just keep smiling is the advice of many positive psychology practitioners and gurus and wellness coaches. And indeed, it is well established that having an optimistic outlook is a good thing. Those who score high on typical measures of optimism have increased self-esteem and can even live longer. This is partly because optimism is often associated with the release of neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin that lower the body's stress response to conflict. Endorphins, our natural painkillers, are also released when we smile and feel optimistic. Given these well-quantified effects, fostering optimism is clearly important for increasing personal and social wellness. The challenge, however, is the manner in which optimism is often encouraged in our society, which can actually decrease wellness while increasing dishonesty and narcissism, and can even cause deep emotional trauma. This is because optimists, by definition, tend to see negative experiences as not being their responsibility, usually the fault of others, you probably know many of these people. Conversely, they assume full credit for positive experiences. This is a learned process that has been advocated by many in positive psychology community founded by Martin Seligman. It's also how those who engage in the world with entitlement unconsciously behave towards others. While this way of being can provide measurable benefits for the individual in the short term, the consequential lack of accountability is often bad for the individual in the long run, as well as for the group in general. All of our lives have been dramatically affected by this way of being and often not for the better, as it's deeply rooted in much of Western culture, especially in the US. From the reluctance to wear masks in the service of others, grounded in arguments about personal rights and freedom, to our business environments, where decisions are made to maximize me, not the collective us. It's also a fundamental attribute of our current US leadership, where no responsibility is taken for anything negative, but full credit for anything positive, and where each decision is made through the lens of personal aggrandizement. It also pervades our loving, romantic relationships, where too often the focus is on winning the argument rather than personal enlightenment through the argument. In contrast, during evolution, a healthy optimistic brain would not have ignored negative data and just smiled, as this would have resulted in dangerous underestimation of risk nor would have simply transferred the consequences onto others, since doing so would have removed the only thing to which one's brain has a semblance of control. In other words, one's own thoughts and actions. It would have been aware of its ability to adapt to unforeseen circumstances and thus engage in the world with what could intuitively be called integrity, curiosity, courage, and compassion. The advantage is that this way of being would have created new unforeseen possibilities for the individual and others in their group. The cost, however, is the awareness of uncertainty and its resulting perceptual consequences. At the moment, because of uncertainty, many of us are experiencing the consequences of uncertainty in the form of disrupted sleep, awkward dreams, possibly negative realizations about one's beloved parents, child, friend, work, experience of illness, or the devastation of finances, or maybe all of the above. Grinning in the face of it will not make these realities go away. So my aim in this series is to demystify adventure, degrandize it, democratize it, and humanize it, in order to lower its bar of entry for all of us. Moving through life with a tilt is first and foremost movement. 
more deeply it's being tilted in that moment to use the fears, sadness, and losses to propel you forward, and in doing so, proactively create the possibility of new perceptions. As Jung once said, problems are never solved. We only change our perspective or perception of them. It's therefore an incorrect assumption that you must be rid of your fears in order to step forward, to be rid of your sadnesses in order to get out of bed, or have the necessary funds to go on adventure. Some of the wealthiest people I know have been perpetually stagnant for years. I packed up my home and turned left after the first turning right to get a lobster roll from Red's Eats in Maine, not with fanfare or any form of confetti. There was no celebration. In fact, the opposite was true. There were and are difficult realities that I'm facing. For deeply personal reasons, uncertainty was always there, and strongly so. Some of it is within my control, most isn't. Some because of others, and some for others, most because of me. None of which will go away by simply turning left. These deeply painful, challenging aspects of life that we all feel, or will feel, will remain until they don't. The aim of turning left is not to step into uncertainty is to acknowledge the uncertainty that is already there, as well as the personal decisions that created it. And therein began the adventure. The next step was to move, literally or figuratively, towards it, and in doing so, proactively define it. To the left, for me, is a metaphor for this process, which makes adventure more like a sailboat than a motorboat. It uses the wind and currents to propel itself forward through sometimes very rough waters. It doesn't fight against these elements as does a motorboat, which requires much more fuel, exhaust, and much less style in my view. The result can be moments of empathic wonderment that have the potential to expand realizations that create understandings in your brain that transcend you. As such, the human truth that propels adventure is not only courage, it's self-honesty. Which is why in true adventure, as opposed to a holiday, You come face to face with your fears and mistakes that are already present, but which you might have hidden behind pride, defense, and anger. Though so easily felt, usually out of insecurity, pride, defense, and anger are imposters to insight. They create in the brain the illusion of knowing without actually knowing, and definitely without understanding. So uncertainty is already there in your life. Your adventure began well before you started listening to this series. The question is, what will your uncertainty mean to your future past? Will it mean self-empowerment in choosing to stand still and stop if only for a while when those around you are panicking? Will it mean dignity and humility in choosing to seek the forgiveness of a beloved for the pain you caused rather than hide behind the impostors of knowing, pride, and anger? Or will it mean courage in choosing to finally move forward alone in one definitive painful but compassionate step? Or maybe it'll mean grace in choosing to help another set of cells wrapped in another body find their reason to exist. Whatever it is for you, you do not need fanfare, confetti, or a celebration. It does not need to be grand or have a path. Adventure is humbling. Its source is courageous honesty. It creates the opportunity for moments of understanding to emerge, if you look for them. I had a friend traveling with me for two days. What is really quite remarkable about this friend is that he stayed in the car the whole time, even when the top was down, which was almost always. He never got out, or when he did, quickly returned. When I would get in the car in the morning, he was there waiting, 
and then at the end of the day, after many hours of driving, he preferred to remain in the car. When en route, he, she stayed low, purposely out of the wind. You see, my friend, who I called George, was a fly. George literally traveled with me in a car that had the top down at 80 miles an hour and never flew or was blown away for two days. That's impossible. What will be the impossible within the everyday that you find on your adventure? Thank you for listening. My name is Bo Lotto and thank you for listening to my Expanding Perception podcast, which will be an ever-expanding story of the neuroscience of uncertainty and how we can not just cope with it, but expand because of it. My aim in creating this podcast is really to try to help you increase your perceptual intelligence, which will give you the ability to make the decisions and take the actions that will foster a more loving, adaptable, and optimistic life in an increasingly uncertain world. My hope is that this podcast will help you in your journey to self-honesty, which is one of the hardest journeys we can take in our life, since it's a never-ending practice and might take you to places that you might want to avoid. But if you have the courage and compassion to go on this journey, you'll find that it's worth it, and it will create true authenticity in your way of being. A deeper consideration of many of the ideas in the Expanding Perception podcast can be found in my book, Deviate, The Creative Power of Transforming Your Perception. You can also follow me and my Lab of Misfits on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also take part in experiments on the Lab of Misfits website that we've designed just for you to help you better understand who you are. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy these episodes.